0: (laughs) and welcome back to another episode of sitting courtside episode 27 of course it's your boy jerry d here
1: and it's your boy dante back talking some more nba basketball jerry we weren't around last week we know we apologize your boy was down for the count last week but we are back here we're back episode 27 shout out chris Smoove, the og nba nba 2k youtuber the goat um we're back ready to talk basketball and i'm excited to get into it jerry how you doing
0: Good, man. I think I think we both, I guess, needed that week
1: off. You were obviously down bad,
0: as you mentioned, but All-Star Weekend was uh, was a whole lot. First experience actually being inside the building, doing some of that boots-on-the-ground work. So I was tired, <laughs> so it kind of worked out. Yeah, it kind of worked out.
1: Takes a lot out of you, but hey, you got some good coverage. You got, uh, got to spend some time in Indiana, and now we're back here sitting courtside.
0: That's right, baby. And, you know, let's just hop right into this thing because – while we were gone the NBA never sleeps. Just like nope. New York City, right? Like it just
1: never ends. The league sport. that never sleeps.
0: Honestly, even in the summer. <laughs> oh. But yep. The main the main thing that I kind of want to hit on the head here is the New York Knicks and the Detroit Pistons played a game. One that the Pistons were actually in and winning before this freak accident happens where basically you're familiar with WWE wrestling, so <laughs> look like I know a few Friday things. Night, Smackdown. I'm thinking Dante DiVincenzo kind of looked like Edge with a mean spear. You <laughs> yeah. know, like on, mm-hmm. on Thompson, which he lost possession of the ball. Brunson gets the ball. Decided to Josh, Hart gets an and one. And basically, that's the game winner. Yeah. When you go back over oh, the two-minute report, refs it, the head crew chief admits, that should have been a foul, which yeah. is
1: very – No weird. shit. No yeah, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks.
0: I us. Yeah. Even Mike Breen was shocked on the broadcast, but just I guess the question here: What is your your general thoughts on just officiating? Because this is the this isn't the first time we've seen it this season. The Knicks mm-hmm. were also part of a game earlier with the Houston Rockets where they fouled on a three point attempt that yep. didn't really look like much of a, th- a foul. Mike Brown got ejected earlier this year playing the Bucks. He brings his laptop to the press conference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's wrong? Like Ty Louie yeah. had a situation where Draymond and Paul George get. Locked up and it's a foul on PG. Tylu gets ejected. Just what are your thoughts about officiating just over the course of this season?
1: Yeah. Officiating is terrible in the NBA, but the thing is, if you look back at its history, officiating hasn't always been great. I mean, you can go back to even the 2000s, early 2000s Kings, Lakers with the whole free throw fiasco, right? The Lakers getting 20, 30 free throws in the fourth quarter, whatever it was. There's history of officiating you know for one reason or another not being correct guys slipping up whatever um but you know this year there have been more than one calls that have resulted in like a different outcome of the game where it's like in this case the pistons could have won this game right but this whole incident like blatant like it was a foul like if you watch it you have two eyes like you saw it's a foul right if you say it isn't you're you're probably a Knicks fan right or you're a huge Dante you're a part of the DiVincenzo family or something like that (laughs) um but when it gets to the point where like where it's deciding the result of the game and and all that that's where the issue is and one thing that I've always wondered and thought of is like when there are referees that make these mistakes and stuff like that, these game deciding mistakes, they should be held accountable. That's where I think that that's where I think the issue is. It's like we're always gonna have games and seasons where these calls get made. It's inevitable. It's a live sport. It's like you're never gonna it, it's it's almost impossible to get everything right or call every foul, whatever. Absolutely. But if if you have a track record or if you do something that genuinely changes the result of the game, you should be quote-unquote punished. I'm not saying, like, fired or anything like that, but, like, maybe if there's, like, instances add up, maybe you can get to that point, but fines, suspensions, whatever it may be, referees need to be held accountable for stuff like this because it's, it is frustrating. It's frustrating as an NBA fan. Like, I mean, even last year with the Celtics and Lakers when LeBron got fouled and they had the whole freak out. Like... I'm a Celtics fan, and I remember watching that, and I was like, oh, shit, he did get fouled. Like, that's fucking crazy they didn't call that. Um, it, it paints a bad light for the NBA because, you know, then you see people on Twitter talk about it. You see those memes, and it's like for casual fans. They're like, oh, like this is blah, 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 blah. Like, the NBA always does this. The NBA needs has a referee problem, and that they need to focus on handing down punishments when need be because that's that's something that hasn't been resolved. I feel like there isn't anything policy for that. That's my biggest issue here.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, everything, this is, this is definitely not a topic I think we could disagree at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yes. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous, especially you gave the examples with the Lakers in the 2000s. You gave the other example with Jason Tatum smacking the hell out of LeBron's arm. <laughs>
1: didn't. Pat Bev with the camera and everything, iconic. <laughs>
0: all of that stuff iconic. was only, it only happened, like with Pat Bev getting fined and Darby Ham getting fined for complaining in the press conference because of the blatant disregard for the rest to actually do their job.
1: And that's the other thing, too, sorry to interrupt you, It's that when the players and coaches get fined for speaking out on this shit, that's ridiculous. Like, they're the ones playing, not the coaches, but the players. Like, they have every right to voice their frustrations, and And the coaches, too. That's exactly where I was heading to because they're getting slapped with
0: $100,000 fines, which – might not be a lot of money to them, but us average American people that see them
1: get—that's Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. That's, a that's lot of somebody's money. salary. You know, yeah, I mean, more than that. Double could be double someone's salary. Are you kidding right? me? It's
0: ridiculous to see them get slapped at these fines when they're just voicing their frustration for the referees' inability to do their job in that very moment. And like ninety
1: percent of the time, they're not wrong.
0: Either exactly. That's a, they're right most of the time. It's not. It's not unsolicited trash talking that they're doing. It's actually warranted. They deserve mm-hmm. the flack because just you guys alive. just blew a game, mm-hmm. a game that could be super huge and important for the Pistons' case. For me, for me not to wear a Pistons shirt, <laughs> I could have been. In 10 years this before. is big for you. That was a big loss for you. That was yeah. a big loss for me not to wear it. To, to have to spend my hard-earned money on Pistons gear. I needed that game. <laughs> You had to spend your hard-earned money on
1: Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah. Like, that the, the, the NBA doesn't think of those things. They don't. They don't consider us. They don't consider sitting courtside what we have going on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like you know, you, you mentioned that example with the Celtics. Think about. I remember a couple years back. This is probably one of the worst calls ever. A couple years back with the uh, with the Rockets and the Warriors playing. It's a tight regular season game. Early January, I believe it was like 2019.
1: That's oh, no, exactly was. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But Durant
0: saves a ball out of bounds yeah. when he was clearly walking all so, over the yellow uh, portion of the court. So
1: clearly out of bounds. Not even close. Like Not it, even it, debatable.
0: It's, it came to the point where the Rockets kind of shut down. It's like, yo, are you mm-hmm. fucking kidding me? Because that really was such a terrible call that I probably would have reacted the same way James Harden yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Because, Rightfully so. Yeah. People, people, players, they shouldn't be able to get away with shit like that. That should mm-hmm. be something that, oh, well, he's clear out of balance. Like, yeah. Just like this past incident with DiVincenzo, whatever, DiVincenzo, hits a perfect, clean form tackle like he's Legere. It was a good
1: tackle. It was a good tackle. But we're not playing football. We're That's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, like, you know, I agree with you, though. I think the there should be some consequences for the referees to actually face here because players and coaches, like we mentioned, are getting fined every single time that they speak out, even though it's for a good reason. Because, again, you blew the outcome of the game. Maybe maybe the Knicks or the Pistons really could have came away with the win there. And then yeah. maybe something crazy happens. Maybe they win five straight. You never know. Like, you kill momentum right there in certain yeah. ways, especially when, when something like that happens. And it's not even in your control. You left the game up to the referees, and they failed to make a call. So it's it's just super frustrating. Like It is. It comes down to the yeah. point where – if you're going to have this type of style of officiating that there has to be some type of punishment for you guys, we get fined. Why don't you guys get fined? Why don't you exactly. get fined?
1: And two, like these referees, like they're in a pool. It's like some of these guys could be refereeing, uh, reffing the playoffs and the finals and yeah. stuff. It's like this stuff happens in the regular season. It's like regular season playoffs are different, right? It, it, it shouldn't, it's different. Like, you know, um, like a, uh, missing a call in the playoffs or something has more meaning than the regular season, but it, you shouldn't really hold the weight like that. No matter whether it's regular season, preseason playoffs, calls should be made like the right way. Um, there needs to be something. Referees need to be held accountable. I'm shocked the NBA doesn't already do something like this, but there there should be something in place.
0: You know, I kind of think it's because players, like we mentioned, players and coaches are already ripping to shreds like Monty Williams destroy them. And right he did.
1: So. Right. Rightfully so. Rightfully so, but he right. did rip into them. Maybe,
0: maybe they feel like there's a need to defend them since it is a smaller pool of, of referees than it is players. Every single possession, every single whistle, players are talking to them like, yo, like, was that really a foul? Like, Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Whatever. So I think the NBA does kind of have to give them a handicap to some degree where, well, there's less refs on the floor. There's 10 total players out there on the floor at a time compared to three referees, blah, blah, blah. But I think... The biggest part that just pisses me off about all of this is when they admit that they were wrong, mm-hmm. that, that they missed a call.
1: It's like, all right, you're telling us this now, but it doesn't change anything. Like, thanks, like, Captain fucking obvious.
0: If I stole your wallet from you, Dante, and you you clearly saw me steal money out your wallet, and then I tell you after you see me run your cards at some, at I don't know, GameStop, Walmart, <laughs> wherever, and you're just like, and I just tell you, hey, Dante. By the way, I just spent six thousand dollars on your card, man. Like, thanks for the I, stating the fucking obvious. Like, I, I yeah, can see- they,
1: I know. I checked my credit card bill. I know. I know where you've been. Yeah, it's it's just like a slap in the face at yeah. that point. When you have a ref come out the next day and be like, oh, by the way, I was wrong. But hey, let's move on to the next game. That's what. That's all it is at the end of the day. So. It, and we, we haven't written down here, so I kind of want to go into it. Like, what's the point of a two-minute report we have written down here? Jerry, I honestly don't know. I, I think the two-minute report is bullshit because all it is is just, like, again, just, like, reminding fans. Like, oh, these refs fucked up. Or, like, again, admitting, like, telling us, slapping us in the face. Like, oh, yeah, we did miss a call. But, hey, again, it's just a report. They're not going to do anything about it. They're just releasing it and moving on to the next game. Like it, it something's got to give. Like you're
0: you having this too. Like again, like we're harping on this. I know we got to move on, but it really is <laughs>
1: no. It, it's it's it, it, it it again. Like even like this stuff happens to teams that we're not fans of and we're frustrated. It's like it's just you want it to be fair. You want it to be even because also at the end of the day. Let's say, God forbid, game seven of the playoffs, right? It comes down to the last shot and the ref calls a foul and someone's shooting a three. The last thing you want is people saying, this team only won because of the refs. Like, obviously, and you look back at league history, people are going to say, this team won because of this, 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 whatever. But, like, when it gets to that point where, like, the referee really makes a bad call like that, people remember that more than the actual result. And that's... A big issue. So hopefully they get something in place before the playoffs or just all these ones that are fucking up, get them out of here. Don't let them be involved in the playoffs. Have your best ones for the playoffs finals, which I'm sure they do already, but they need to have something in place here. Yeah. You know, just
0: even if we're not fans of the teams, we're just fans of good basketball.
1: Yeah. And
0: that Pistons-Knicks game was actually pretty entertaining. Like, Kate uh, Cunningham looked good. it was it. a great
1: game. It was a great game. Mm-hmm.
0: The the Knicks are shorthanded, so just seeing them scrap together do things that, you know, they had to pull the win out their ass and the ref basically just gave them a Joe out of free car.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, you know, it is what it is until the next time a ref fucks up. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Getting <laughs> on to something a lot more positive, especially for you, my friend. Yes. How about the Boston Celtics, man? You guys look really good, man. Mm, yeah. They're good. Read off off a lot of really good numbers for you guys that I just pulled apart while I was looking up this rundown. You won nine straight games at the time of this recording, 46 and 12 through your first 58 games. Best record in the league, by the way. Um, 24 and 11 against teams 500 or better. Also the best in the NBA. And over the all-star break, your boy Jason Tatum said he was the best player in the world. So just, just give me your thoughts about your Celtics, man. You guys are rolling. Y'all mm. look good. Porzingis is back healthy. Jalen Brown, the dunk contest sucked, by the way.
1: But it did. Terrible. I'm
0: playing. <laughs> <laughs> Holiday, Derek White. It's a really good team. Just, I just need you to glee. Get giddy about your Celtics for me, man.
1: Jerry, we talked about this. You sent me something uh, on Instagram a few days ago, and what I said to you exactly was, I just need the postseason to start. It was Listen. There, there was a seven-game
0: gap. Between the one seed, the Celtics, and the two seed in the Cleveland Cavaliers,
1: I believe. There's a large part. Right now, the Celtics are seven and a half games ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it's, the Celtics are good. I don't have to, I mean, I don't have to be the one to tell you guys. The Celtics are good. They're really good. Um, You know, 20, I think they've only lost three games at home this year. That record against winning teams you mentioned. They are They've been tested this season against these top teams, and they've proven that, you know, they can hang with these top teams in the NBA. Obviously, it's a different story when the playoffs come around, but I think the point of, obviously, the point of the regular season is just meshing these guys together and building that chemistry. It's there, man. Chris Stapps loves Boston. Drew Holiday is a team player. Derek White was a you know, a lot of people were campaigning for him to be an all-star this year. The bench has been a lot better than I, I even expected. Pritchard, Sam Hauser, guys like that are really like actually performing well. Where we have a, we don't have um, a big drop-off when starters come out and stuff. Right um, at this point, like I'm not saying they have the one seed locked up by no by any means, but like it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to finish as one of the top teams in the East and all that stuff and. At this point, dude, like I saw what I had. I've seen everything. I I know they're good. I know they mesh well. They have just a a lot of great pieces on that team. And now it's just time to see what they do in the playoffs. And I'm happy you brought up this other thing about Jason Tatum because I want to get into just a little bit of a rant here, if you don't mind, about this whole narrative and everything that's been going on with Tatum, as you are probably familiar with. There's just a whole lot of things with Tatum of how he, should, he doesn't deserve to be in the MVP conversation. He's not a top-tier player, and there are guys saying he should be because of this, this, and that. I'm here to tell you guys right now that Jason Tatum is not the best player in the world. He is not the MVP of the league, but what I can tell you is that he does deserve to be in that conversation. To the people, and I get it, we're in a, we are in a time now in the NBA where there is just an overwhelming amount of talent. Like, I mean, we're seeing guys put up 30 point triple doubles that aren't going to win the MVP. We're seeing guys put up numbers that we've never seen before. Comparatively to other MVP seasons, they're so much better that aren't going to win the award because there's so many guys in the NBA doing so many special things. What I, my issue is that for as long as I can remember, I've been, I've been alive since 1998. I'm only 25 years old, okay? So, and I've been watching basketball since the late 2000s. From what I can remember is that if you're the best player on the best team and the Celtics are the best team in the NBA, you deserve recognition for that. Again, I'm not saying he should be the MVP. I'd put Jokic over him. I'd put Shea over him. And hell, I'd probably even put Luka ahead of him. And that's honestly one of the biggest Luka versus Tatum debates, which I hate. because It's just like, it's so subjective and it's so just like, who cares? They're both great. Who cares if one's there and one's there if you swap? Who gives a fuck? Like, they're both great. Just respect both of their games. It's the fact that people are disrespecting Tatum and kind of calling him out for saying things like that. Like, I'm the best player in the world. What is he going to say? I mean, he. It, I believe he is a top 6, 7 player in the NBA. If you're like a top 10 player, you can say you're, you are You should believe you're the best player in the world. If he doesn't, then, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, you should have that confidence and the belief that you are the best player. And then you hear reports like Tatum, oh, over All-Star Weekend, Tatum told Doc, like, play Jalen more, play him more than me so he can go get the MVP. And then all of a sudden people are like, shitting on him for that and all that and it's just like the narrative is always changing and Draymond Green said it and I'd never agree with Draymond but he said it he goes the goalpost is moving for Tatum because people are are holding something against him that happened two years ago and people are saying this on national television because he lost in the NBA finals as a 24 year old he isn't going to get credit isn't going to be considered MVP with these other guys and these other guys, besides Jokic, haven't won jack shit, or haven't even made it as far as Tatum. That's a ridiculous case. That's a ridiculous argument. It has nothing to do with this season. I'm gonna bring it back here. Jason Tatum is one of the best players in the world and should be considered. Should be in these conversations. As a Celtics fan, I'm gonna tell you firsthand he's not the MVP. I'll be the la- I'll be the first person to tell you he shouldn't win the MVP. But damn, the disrespect for him is insane. It pisses me off. And it's just, I don't get it. I like—I I feel like he's become one of the most hated players or, uh, or shit on players in the league so quickly. And it's like, I, I don't know. I want—I would love to hear your two cents, but that's where I'm going to leave my rant at right now.
0: No, you know, like, I, I'm glad you went there. I mean, that's why it's on the rundown. I know we get, we get passionate Dante when we talk about... Oh, you got him his Celtics. So mm, got I mean, it. to answer your like, to kind of get my two cents on what you said, though, I mean, I believe you're right. He is one of the most like hated or unlike players at this point, because one of the first things that you said at the start of your soliloquy with the influx of talent that we do have in the league, there's a lot of other guys that you could choose to like.
1: 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You have the Giannis's, you have the Jokic's. Some people love Embiid. Lucas, people are still all over LeBron and Steph, even though they're 35 and plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think having Tatum wedged into the middle, especially when there's a lot to hate, apparently, just because he had a bad showing in the 2022 NBA finals. And he was also hurt. Let's also highlight that a little bit. Mm-hmm. That Part of the reason he didn't show up as probably as good as he could have or have a better showing. But I think it's easy to shit on people, especially after after their shortcomings. Think about LeBron. LeBron's first. Uh, no, I'm not comparing LeBron and Tatum. And <laughs> yeah. For people, what are you trying to happen? say here, Jerry? But when LeBron's first NBA Finals appearance in 2007 against San Antonio Spurs, where he got swept, and people made it seem like LeBron never showed up, like Le- LeBron averaged 10 points a game, right, next, right, or something like that, when he was still having averaging ridiculous numbers, but the team. Wasn't playing that well. Wasn't weather.
1: that good. Mm-mm.
0: In Tatum's case, I can't. I can give people some grace where hey, Tatum didn't show up all those games. He didn't have the best of performances, even when he mm-hmm. was only before the ankle injury. But he didn't show up. Okay, big whoop. Yeah. I like. I'm not giving him a pass. I think he did his time. And last year, obviously, he didn't get back to the finals because so they lost to the Heat in seven. Yeah. Whatever. It's a new year. This team looks super dominant. And one of the questions I had in the rundown, are they the best team in the league? I think (laughs) you pretty much answered that. I I think we covered that.
1: Yeah.
0: You you pretty much covered that. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's the best player on the best team in the league. So, yeah, I'm not going to reiterate anything else you said because you're right. He definitely deserves some MVP consideration. Number one team in the East, number one team overall in the league, and you're the best player on it. And you're sacrificing because you have two new pieces in Holiday and Porzingis. That also take away from your touches. But guess what? His game is expanded. He's better off the ball now. He's better
1: playmaking. Yeah. now. The, the assist, assist numbers are things. going up and stuff. He leads the team in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. Because I see people on Twitter that are saying like that he doesn't like – super team is the term that's being thrown around. But he's still leading the team in, leading. in the major statistic. Also, one thing really quick that I didn't include in my rant with that whole super team thing – how quickly that narrative changed because when the season started, they were like Celtics got traded their heart and soul for an injury-prone Kristaps. They got Drew Holiday who is in, uh, who is starting to age, one year last on his, uh, one last year in his contract. Derek White's this and that, and 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 all of a sudden it works, and people are like, oh, this is the best team he's ever had. He's always been on super teams. I saw this one tweet. Last thing I'll say of like Tatum saying like he's always been on super teams. Blah 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 blah. And it was like looking at the rosters, bro. I was at uh, what was it two two thousand twenty one game three against the Brooklyn Nets. Okay, this was like the first game back at TD, like post COVID. They were letting fans back in. Romeo Langford and Semi Ogilvy were starting that game. Okay, enough of the super team bullshit. Like I like that stuff infuriates me because it's just like, dude, those people are just nitpicky and just like t- like just trying to start something, but it's like, you look deep, you just look into the lines here and it's like, that isn't the case. That stuff pissed me off. And again, like we're looking back at things years ago and trying to make that seem like it's, a, it matters now. It doesn't. What matters is this year. That's what the tunnel vision should be. And it's upsetting that to a lot of analysts and to people, they don't have that same tunnel vision, but at the end of the day, what matters is winning. So if the Celtics yep. keep winning, and they make it to the postseason and do whatever they have to do. I'm sure Jason Tatum could care less what people say about him. You know what yeah. I mean?
0: Yeah, even even if he doesn't get this MVP, which I don't think he will, a Finals mm-hmm. MVP is a lot more important than so
1: much more important, man. More important. I mean, so look, much at, more look important. at football,
0: the NFL. Lamar Jackson wins an MVP, Patrick Mahomes wins a Super Bowl MVP, which also comes with a Super Bowl trophy, and hey, right now he's closer to Brady. He people are going to remember
1: two. your Super Bowls more than your MVPs.
0: Exactly. Same thing yep. in the NBA. So last question, but I know we spent a lot of time on Celtics over here, but the last question here. For it for them, who do you think is the biggest threat to Boston out east?
1: I mean the first team that pops you mind right, is Milwaukee, obviously. I mean they're not I mean where where are they at record wise? They're the third seed right now, thirty eight and twenty one, they're eight and a half games back. I mean that's one of those teams where it's like even though in the regular season they're not as high up as the Celtics, or that close to the Celtics. The playoffs are a different beast. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to play Damian Lillard in the playoffs, personally. Giannis is always tough to guard. Um, I'd probably say them, and then honorable mention the Knicks because when they're healthy, they they have a really good roster. Made a lot of good moves at the deadline. I'd probably say those teams right now.
0: You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a super super cliche. I really think it's themselves. I think. You know-
1: you know, Jerry, that's probably the right answer. To be honest with you,
0: I think you guys are so good. But in 2022, you guys were also really fucking good. Yeah. To where it came down to the point, like I don't think there's a single team that that could stop these guys. I mean, Milwaukee had a shot. Miami, obviously, like I think was swept out the first round that year or whatever it was. Like there was, there was a lot. No, of we
1: be, we beat Miami in seven games. That year in the in Eastern Conference Finals, then we beat Milwaukee in the second round in seven games.
0: I'm thinking about when Milwaukee swept them. Twenty. That
1: was the year 2024, before, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think that was the year before. Anyways, besides it, the point though. It, no, but that year they were dominant. They were two one in the finals, and hell? they they blew the lead.
0: It's just you guys were were so good that I was even scared for for you your like ability to even get to the finals of 2022 because Miami was hot. Mm-hmm. then it fell short in the finals because there was disappearing acts. Tatum wasn't going to the rack. I feel like everybody, the bright lights, you know. The, yeah, they, the on there the was top. a
1: lot of factors, a lot of factors that came into that for
0: sure. A lot of things played a part where also I really think it was just more a mental issue where, dang, sure. we're not playing as well as we could even though we played like this in a regular season. So I think it's a lot of the same. Come postseason time, I think there's a lot of good sneaky teams that – Are out in the East, like the Knicks, like you mentioned, Cleveland. I don't know if they stick where they're at, which we'll get to later. Um, I don't know. It's just
1: you mentioned. A Miami is always a team that you got to keep an eye out for. I mean, especially Boston, Boston, Milwaukee, the top two teams you got to keep. You have to watch out for
0: Philadelphia if they get Embiid back. So I mean, Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of teams that I could worry about, but I mean, I think it's more so just the Celtics. You you have a young head coach. You still have a younger team that's obviously the veterans. They've been in the league. They've been to the finals, a lot of Eastern Conference finals, but I think it's really so much more it's dumb. Can you yeah. get over this mental hurdle to play like you've been playing all regular season long that way? Come postseason time, you should be annihilating teams. That's what should happen. Yeah. But we'll see. If the playoffs were to start today, and you guys are the one seed playing like the eight seed, it could be Indiana. And Indiana likes to run and get out. That could be a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. I think realistically with the personnel – you shot. You guys should really sweep them or beat them in five, the gentlemen sweep. But I don't know.
1: We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that is that's the good answer right there. They they always beat themselves. They have to beat themselves this year. That's what they have to do.
0: Yeah, Speaking of one seeds here, we talked a lot about the Boston Celtics. How about the one seeds out west? Because it's impossible to, <laughs> to figure out who's going to lock up this thing
1: right it's now. It's always changing. Always changing.
0: Every game, the Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder are going tick for tat. They have the same exact record to the point of this recording at 41-17, tied for number one in the West. And if the playoffs started today, the Woods will have the one seed because I guess they won more head-to-head match. They would play the Dallas Mavericks, and the Thunder would play the Sacramento Kings. Obviously, the play-in takes place, yada, yada, yada. Let's not get into that right now. But what do you think about the one seeds here is one and two, do you think that they'll hold on to like this one and two spot in the West or the Clippers and the, and the Nuggets are like two games back two or three games back. So do you think they hold that spot as well?
1: Honestly? So there's 41, 17, they played 56, 58 games, excuse me. So that means there's 24 left. That's a lot of games left. Um, I do. Th- I still think, I mean, we're, the Timberwolves Thunder are tied, right, for the top seed, but the Nuggets and Clippers are only two games behind. I still think this is a four team race to get it the to is. fill out the top four seeds. Um but I mean we the way that they've been playing, I mean, we're fifty eight games in and the fact that they are still like 41 and 17 is really good. Like, this, we we've see that's not a flash in the pan here, right? Like, they're, they're legit. Like, they're here. Like, they're going to be good going into the postseason and stuff. This isn't like they're on a hot run right now and just went up the board. Like, they've been there the whole time. Um, I Who I think is going to finish with the one seed, I genuinely don't know. I really – I might come down to the last game of the season, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but, like, looking at both those teams, like <sighs> – I, I like the Thunder a lot. I think they're really like a just a good group of of guys that um, enjoy playing with each other. Their games mesh well and stuff, but they're so young. They're so young, dude. Um, and it's like I would love them to be the number one seed because I think that's sick. Like, I love Shea Gilgis. I If I had a pick, I would love Shea Gilgis to win MVP just because I think it's a cool story. The Thunder are just like. Out of nowhere, like who thought they would have been the one seed this year, type of thing. Um, but postseason's different. How you we were talking about the bright lights and stuff, how's that going to affect the Thunder? How's that going to affect the Timberwolves? Like, they're also a relatively younger team. Um, both teams look great now, but it's kind of the same thing. It's like with the Celtics, like we see what we see, we like we know what we're getting from them now. Let's get to the postseason and see what we're going to get out of them there. You know, I, I think. I don't mind that,
0: but I think it's, it's so different, though, because the Celtics have these wild expectations,
1: right? Sure, guys, sure. It's a, it's, yeah, it's different. It's different. It's really
0: championship or bust for you guys, but, like, mm-hmm. for these two teams in particular, it's like, I don't know.
1: No one expected have. them to be there at the one seed, for sure. No one. Unless, even if you're a Thunder or a Timberwolves fan, I don't know if you There's expected no it. Way. There's just no way. No.
0: <laughs> but, you know, a question to you, then, who do you trust more? Like, let's let's ignore the Nuggets and the, and the Clippers. Let's not include mm-hmm. all this conversation, but just between the Thunder and the T Wolves, like who are you trusting more? Just come postseason time to make a deeper
1: run. Um, see, they're both great in their own ways because it's like we've talked about this before. Like the Thunder is like a like a really fun AAU team. Like they're so young, but they enjoy playing with each other, and they're so like. Shea Gill, just Jalen Williams. Oh my God. You want to talk about mo- the, guy, the guy that should win most improved player? Him and Tyrese Maxey should be at the top of the list. Jalen Williams is disgusting. Chet Holmgren, as a rookie, has been phenomenal. And then they have all these extra pieces around them the Josh Giddies. They just got Gordon Hayward. All their back. Like they have uh, the other Jalen Williams. They have so many pieces. And I kind of, even though they're younger, I kinda like the Thunder a little bit more than the Timberwolves. And I don't know if I have like a like a a good reason for it. Like I think the Timberwolves are fucking phenomenal too. Anthony Edwards is probably my favorite player in the NBA. I mean, I, I don't I'm not gonna go and rant about him because you guys have heard me talk about him plenty of times before. They got Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Gobert, who I think right now is the runaway favorite for defensive player of the year. Mike Conley, Nas Reed. What is What are the odds? Minus 1300. Yeah. So he's going to win defensive player of the year this year, you know? So it's like, they also have, you know, a really solid group of guys that, that click and also two very well coached teams. They have two of the best coaches in in the NBA right now, but like gun to my head right now, I probably pick the thunder. I just think that they are more, they're a more complete team. They have it more put together chemistry wise. Um, But, like, again, it it was probably, like, 50.1% versus 49.9%. If you gave me the option of picking from the Nuggets to the Clippers, I think it would be a lot easier for me to answer and say probably, like, the Clippers or something like that. But um, I'd probably pick the Thunder,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not mad. Like, this is really – it's like pulling teeth. Like, who are you really going to go with that – you don't know exactly where you, what you're gonna get. I think both mm-hmm. teams are pretty young and inexperienced, but if I if you're gonna make me choose, I'm probably gonna lean slightly towards the T-Wolves because sure. they have into the postseason with these group of guys already. It just That's it fair this year of like go bear and towns don't fit. It's like blah blah blah. But I think David Finch, you know, give him some credit this year, done a better job just spacing out the offense a little bit more. And I don't know if that was intentionally for Cat. Or is that submitting to the fact that Anthony Edwards is the guy we need to go ahead and put Cat here in the corner or have him on the low block to kind of like open up certain sides of the? Floor?
1: Hey, he still ended up being an All Star, so whatever they did, it still worked out for him. Yeah, you know they
0: yeah like you, that's a that's a great point. They registered two All Stars, yeah. Cat and Ant. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's. It's interesting, though. I'll I, I definitely just lean there mostly because they have solid veterans, too. That's fair. Mm-hmm. All those guys have been in the league for – except for Anthony Edwards, obviously. Michael Conley's been in the league for a while. Naz Reed has been in the league for a while. Jada McDaniels is a good underrated piece. Gobert, Cat. The list goes on. And I just really – I really do like the makeup of OKC's roster. It definitely is probably a lot more fun to watch because it's faster. There's more happening. They don't have a block in the middle like Gobert. They have Chet Holmgren that can play to a lot free. more
1: versatile.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, it's more, I think it's more traditional basketball than what I'm seeing from the Timberwolves, which is why I kind of like, Oh, this looks more sustainable. Whenever, whenever the lights come on in April, like right. first round series. Again, like I, we mentioned the Celtics having to play tough teams, the West is a gauntlet. Like, yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah. Like Dallas, like we mentioned right now, Ugh. maybe the Lakers or the Warriors slide into a because
1: lane. think like a one C is going to have to go through the Mavericks, and then they're going to have to go through one of the Clippers or the Nuggets, and then you are going to have to go through whoever is left. And it's like, exactly. man, and then you got to make it to the, then you go to the finals, and yeah, woo, yeah. yeah that's for
0: me. I look at the Eastern Conference and I say, this is a better team in the in the Celtics than than the Pacers. Like ultimately. Tough series, sure, why not? But the Celtics should win. Right. I look at T-Wolves, Mavs, Luka and, and Kyrie.
1: They could, e- they could easily win that series. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, it's 100%. Matchups, right? uh-huh. and, then, and the Kings, too, they were the third seed last year. They sneak in as the eighth seed. Oh, my
0: God. Like, it's it's tough because everything in the NBA game base, it's, it's always about matchups. I get that, right. but for some reason in the West, if, I feel like it holds more weight out there than it does out East because if I agree with that if the Dallas Mavericks played the Nuggets in the first round I wouldn't feel that way. I would tell you that they're they're too big and that Jokic and MPJ and Aaron Gordon would just dictate the series and then Jamal Murray just a sprinkle on top. Mm-hmm. But if the if the Temple Wolves or the Thunder play though, I'm nervous.
1: Different story, different yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about matchups and shit and it's like even like teams we didn't even mention like like the Golden State Warriors, bro. I mean, like, I know that they've been struggling all year, and the Lakers, too, but, like, once that playing time comes, if they're hot, like, let's say Warriors or Lakers are going into that on a five, six-game winning streak right now, that's not a team you want to play in the first round because that's upset city right there.
0: I don't want to play LeBron or Steph in the first round. An
1: angry Steph Curry in the first round of the playoffs? No. No, sir. Mm -mm. Bench Clank? Averaging, what, like 20, 30 off the bench? Come on.
0: Nah, it's crazy. I mean, definitely we got a lot more to dig into later in the yeah. season as we get closer to April, but it's, sure. uh, it's,
1: it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a dogfight out west, that's for sure.
0: Now to kind of shift gears here to go back out east, we talked a lot about the Boston Celtics, and we did touch on the Cleveland Cavaliers, who oddly enough are really good. They're good, Yeah. Last night, the, Max Drews hit the second longest game winner at 59 feet to beat the Dallas Mavericks. And that really saved them from being 2-4 and four in their last six games to being 3-3 three and three in their mm-hmm. last six games. So, you know, yeah. they did great. They had like an eight- or nine-game winning streak before they lost a couple games. They, so. what,
1: they won like, what was it, like 18 out of their 20 games or something like that, going into the All-Star break or some crazy shit like that?
0: They're one of the best teams in the new year in general.
1: They are. Do you, I mean, I'll, I'll give them a lot of credit. I mean, they definitely have put it together. They've had injuries throughout the year and stuff like that. Mobley missed some time. Garland missed some time. Um, but healthy men, on paper, I'm not even on paper, on the court. Garland, Mitchell, Struess was a huge pickup for them this offseason. Uh, Mobley, Allen, then you guys got like Isaac Akuro. You have, um uh, what's his name? Why can't I think of the big man? Um, uh, why can't I think of it? Besides the point, they have a really well-rounded team. They have a good bunch of guys. And, um, hey, they're the two seed right now, man. you got to give them some respect for that. They're ahead of Milwaukee right now.
0: But let me me throw out some stats here for you, some good, some bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Donovan Mitchell having a great season, 28 points, five rebounds, 6.2 assists, and
1: almost two steals a game. People aren't talking about his season enough. People should be talking about him more. Great.
0: He's playing great. But – Something that needs to be highlighted about the Cavs, even though they are sitting pretty at the two seed right now, above mm-hmm. Milwaukee, they're thirteen and seventeen against teams <laughs> that are over five hundred. Yeah, see, that's yeah. the
1: that's the issue. That's the so that's the issue.
0: We're we're talking, you know, we're, we're hyping them up. They look good. The question that I have written down here is: Are they a contender or a pretender? Because hey, sure, maybe you could get out of a first round series if you play. I don't know the magic or any of those teams at the bottom or sure. you end up playing, but you're going to play a 500 team in the second round more than likely. Yeah. So, what are you thinking? Contender or pretender? What are we labeling the Cavs
1: early on before we even get to March?
0: February 28th.
1: People. <laughs> I, I really want to give Cleveland the credit and I am going to give them their flowers. I mean, being the two C in the East, having that run that they did, it's impressive. I mean, that's any given night in the NBA. Yeah, we talk about that record over 500 teams, but it's about winning games. They're winning games, right? That's what's important. I've always said this. I love. I really like Donovan Mitchell, and he has, since he's been in Cleveland, has kind of uh, proven to me that he can, uh, you know, be the best player, all this and that, can carry a team. He's phenomenal. But it's like when the postseason comes around, it's like I, I don't know if the Cleveland Cavaliers can put it together. Uh, can Donovan Mitchell lead that team? Um they are still very young. Garland Mobley. I mean, Allen's been to the playoffs a few times. I'm pretty sure he's the one that said, was it last year or two years ago, he goes the lights were just too bright or something like that? He said it against the series. Um With the I'm gonna I'm gonna label yeah, against the Knicks. I'm gonna label them as a pretender right now. Because like you said, bro, it's like they could beat a team like Orlando or even Indiana, right? But then you got to match up with like the Heat or the Knicks or even the Bucks. They're not I, – I wouldn't put them ahead of any of those teams. Um, could something happen? Could there be a – could there just be a clear path for them making it to Eastern Conference Finals? Do they avoid these teams? Injuries happen? Whatever. Sure, 100%. I think that they're capable of doing something like that, but – I think that there are too many teams that are just are just too much better than them in the east yeah. that they they can't be. I don't think they're ahead of Boston, Milwaukee, the Knicks, when Philadelphia is healthy, I mean, you got to throw their their name in the in the hat there. So, I'm going to put them as a pretender right now, but they've been playing really well this year. I'm light pretender, a light pretender.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm right there with you. I, I don't I don't see a world where they advance into, like, the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, Mm -hmm. again, like, you know, barring no major injuries or any setbacks on any of the other teams out there. But I just – I love Donovan Mitchell. I think even before he got to Cleveland, he's always been a big-time playoff performer in Utah. Mm -hmm. Like, I I know what Donovan Mitchell is capable of, especially with Darius Garland being hurt. He's been playing more point guards, so he's had the ball a lot more, and spacing mm-hmm. has kind of, like, improved. Just like how I talked about the Timberwolves and spacing, it has the same way for for uh, Cleveland. But it's a little clunkier because watching that game last night when Struce did hit that big three-pointer, yep. looking back at the highlights and stuff, Max Struess is playing the four a lot. Mm. Then, only kind of became unplayable because – I think he's still just trying to get up to speed. I'm not sure what his issue is there, but right, I'm a little concerned about rotations. Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: it's it's about. tough when you guys when you have players that miss a lot of time too, because you're trying to like put it together, and then when you miss a lot of time, you're trying to make up time as the season yeah. goes on you towards wanna, the end of the year. They're trying to play catch up.
0: Yeah, you want to reinsert them into the lineup to let them know, hey, you're still so valued. We still think you're a big piece of the team, but. I'm I'm a little nervous about Cleveland. Like that's why I'm on the pretender train. I don't I don't know how long this lasts. That like I yep. said, they're three and three in their last six games at the time that we're recording this thing, and I can see them slipping. I can see Milwaukee easily getting that spot back. Yeah, hundred percent. They 100%. All- only won
1: a game back,
0: so yeah. it's we still super to close a game to where you know we're, we're we fell back down to earth. We look at Miami. I didn't even put them on the rundown, but I believe they won eight of their last ten.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're hot right now. Mm-hmm. you remember
0: earlier on one of our earlier episodes, like, "Oh, is Miami slipping?" And it's like both of us were like, eh, "Ah, no,
1: they'll Should be fine." It's it's a long season. It's a long season, man. Yeah, and they're the five seed right now, and they're only uh, uh, one and a half game back of the four seed. So it's always it's always changing. The NBA is always. Um, the, the, you're, you can never. Um, you can't lock yourself into a spot. It's always going to be changing as the year goes on.
0: In the words of the great Stephen A. Smith, the list is fluid. It's fluid. <laughs> the list is fluid. It's fluid. That's, that's <laughs> what it means right there. Like conferences, like especially out west, out east, it doesn't matter. Every seed changes from one to eight to nine to 12 to whatever. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. It doesn't even matter.
1: 100%.
0: Kind of close this out here. Very, real simple question. I think it's imperative that we start labeling what sleeper teams are in each conference. So I just want you to give me one in each conference, honestly, out in the West, who's a sleeper out in the East, who's a sleeper.
1: Talk to uh, all right. Um, I'm going to start with the West. I think my sleeper team out in the West, and we did talk about them a little bit, but you know, they're the eighth seed right now. I think the Dallas Mavericks is my biggest sleeper team in the Western conference right now. You have Luca and Kyrie. Arguably the best back backcourt in basketball. They made some decent trade deadline moves, so they got guys like PJ Washington, um, Daniel Gafford, who's been playing very well for them, and stuff like that. as long as they have Luka and Kyrie, they're gonna be capable of doing it. Possible oh. anything is possible with those two, so I will never count them out. No matter the matchup, I, I think that they're they're gonna be a sleeper team for me. And then in the East, uh, I mean. I can't say, obviously, I can't say Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee, New York. I don't think is a, they're not a sleeper anymore. Maybe like a Miami could be a sleeper team. But at the same time, too, like, are they really a sleeper team? Because they always come alive in the
0: playoffs. You expect them to. Right.
1: So it's a little bit tougher in the Eastern Conference. I, the team I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to say the Sixers because they don't have Embiid right now. If they get Embiid and back, I saw a report they're saying that he could be back by the end of March, so give him a few weeks for the playoffs start. If they have Embiid for the playoffs, that is a whole different team. Obviously, they have not. I forget, they said it last night, um, how many of their last X amount of games they've lost or whatever it was since Embiid has been out. With Embiid, they're, they're a completely different team without Embiid. So when they get him back, they get who would have been the MVP this year if he had that, met the requirements. Um, that's a team you can't you, you can't forget about it. You can't let them slip your mind. The Sixers are, are really good when it beats healthy. Nah, yeah, I think those two teams are definitely
0: solid. I'll start at West as well. For the sake of being different, because I definitely was going to choose Dallas. But <laughs> For the sake of being different, I don't think anybody's really talking about the Phoenix Suns, man. Like, sure. they're mm-hmm. at the sixth spot right now, and I feel like, uh, well, they don't really look as advertised like how we thought they were going to look. We were thinking maybe they'd be where the T-Wolves are the – or the Thunder, right? Maybe like somewhere from the one to four range, or whatever it is. But the Suns are kind of like it's like they're shredding water right now. I think we all know that they could be really good as soon as they pop off, but yeah. right now they're kind of somewhere in between, and they're not even terrible. I mean, they're sitting at thirty four and twenty four, and they're six in the West. But
1: also, Bradley Beal has missed so much time this year, too. He, he, I feel like whenever he plays, it's like it's always like next game he's out with this, this. It's always yeah. always hurt.
0: So there's still a question marks for like how long is this going to last? Is it going to be the right fit with those three? Will book KD and yep. Bill? And I think there was a lot of concern about them being top heavy. Now they have role players that are actually stepping up, and Bobo's Bull even playing well now. Yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, I think I'm a I'm a pencil them in as a sleeper. It's kind of weird because they have three of the best scores in the NBA today for me to right. call them a sleeper, but I feel like everybody's just kind of not, not paying them any mind.
1: We're talking about Minnesota, Oklahoma. Denver, Denver and L.A. And yeah. that's it. No, one else, We're not talking about anyone else out west right now. So, yeah, that's a good one.
0: I definitely think that, uh, think that for them for out east. Now nah, I think it's a little tougher. I mean, the Sixers are definitely a great one there. But, again, for the sake of being different.
1: It's not yeah. as easy picking one out in the east. It's
0: not. But you know what? I'm going to give it to the guys who we say are pretenders. I'm going I'm to give it to the Cleveland right. Cavaliers. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I, know they're, I know they're a two seed, and I know that once come postseason time, I could imagine that most analysts are probably going to have them getting bounced in the first or second round anyway. But I'll give it to Donovan Mitchell because I respect his game, and I respect the fact that he probably could carry a team to about a, a good three or four wins if, if need be come postseason time. I mean, he's done it in Utah. Yeah, so, I mean – I'm going to kind of hold him to that same standard. It's strictly just because of Donovan Mitchell. No disrespect to anybody else on the team. It's been an odd year for Cleveland. A lot of guys have missed a lot of time. We mentioned uh, Mobley, we mentioned Garland, but strictly out of respect for what I know Donovan Mitchell could do and the type of season he's had thus far. I'm going to give it to the Cavs. I think it's a a weird situation where you kind of know who's going to win the East or at least be in contention for that. If it's Boston, Milwaukee, if it's Philadelphia Embiid's playing well. Those yeah. are like well, three favorites maybe in our heads, but maybe Donovan Mitchell could play upset there. Who knows?
1: Hey, you never know. Hey, they're, they're going to have good uh, positioning. If they finish like where they are now, they're going to have home court for at least the first two rounds. So, yes. hey, you never know. You never know. Yeah, see what happens, man. But
0: that's all we got today. Any, any parting shots you got for us today?
1: Enough of the Jason Tatum slander. It's enough of it. Fucking enough. Just let the guy play. Just respect everyone. Every, there's a lot of great NBA players. We don't need to hate all of them just because you think one's better than the other. Respect everyone's games. Just enjoy basketball. Let's stop being disrespectful. He deserves to be in the MVP conversation. It's not the MVP, but he deserves to be in the conversation. That's what I have to say.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I second that motion. All I got to say is that it's almost March, though. Time for March Madness, baby. Let's go in and get it. Yeah, for yeah. Matches,
1: Fuck. Right? Oh, yeah. Fuck Kansas. By the way, they ruined my parlay last night. Oh my God, um, Kansas. Oh, but Hate it. Hate to see it. Yeah, that's all I got though. March
0: Madness going coming up. So, I haven't watched a ton of college basketball this year. I've been I've been tapped out, but I have been watching the, the last couple weeks when I was in Indy. I, I did get a chance to catch some games in the downtime. I look at some highlights, so I'm recently getting reinvested back into
1: college basketball and it's a good time to get reinvested march madness right around the corner so yeah i think that's uh that's all we got thank you guys so much for watching please make sure to like subscribe if you are on youtube put in the comments what your p- favorite part of the show was if you agree with us or disagree with us or anything put it in the comments if you are listening to us on audio platforms make sure to follow give us a five star rating it helps us out a ton and then check us out on our other platforms Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and post content there. Check out our shorts content on this channel as well. And That's all I got till episode 28. I don't have anyone at the top of my mind right now, but put in the comments. Get us ready for next week.
0: We'll I'm see thinking of great for some reason. I don't know. Football, I know. but Okay.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey, we don't have to keep it just to basketball. 28 is a weird number in, in basketball, so we'll figure it out. Let us know. Your favorite number 28. Last one, your favorite number 27, too. Shout out Chris Move. All right. Peace out, guys.